WVSG Columbus, Ohio. This is the home for listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM 820. Good morning and welcome to the Sacred Heart Hour program on AM 820 St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. My name is Chuck Wilson. Joining me again is my wife, Joanne. Good morning. And Father Stosh Daly uh, is off giving a retreat this weekend. And so standing in for Father Stosh Daly is our daughter, Emily Jaminette. And good morning, Emily. Good morning. And she is the executive director of Sacred Heart Enthronement Network, or better known today as Welcome as Heart. Uh, she's a mother of seven and uh, also a national Catholic author, speaker. And we just really welcome Emily. We're excited for this program. It's Very begin- much so. It's the beginning of a new church year. Yeah. Advent. A lot's going on, and we're going to have Joanne open us in prayer. Our daily offering. Oh, Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. Amen. Amen. And Emily, any thoughts? Well, you know, it made me think about this morning driving the girls to school, my younger two. You know, we we went through this morning offering, you know, giving the Lord the day. And when we give the Lord the day, we can look back and see what took place on this day. Mm. And it was really a great opportunity. Just those little conversations in this Advent season, you know, those little moments to instruct, to to guide, and to help the next generation understand even what a morning offering is. We got to kind of slow our gears a little bit to remind them that the Lord wants all of it. He wants our joys, our works, and even our sorrows. And the car is a great place for families to do that because when you're driving along, you don't have the distractions. You're enclosed in the little car and you can really share some special moments, especially prayer. You really can. Those those prayer moments that take place in the car, um, I find they're, they're lasting memories. They really are. They're an opportunity to to speak to the hearts of your children and to listen to the hearts of your children. And I was telling uh, my parents this morning that on our YouTube page for Welcome is Heart, we just released a new video explaining the morning offering. Oh, that's great. And I went to um, Father Joseph Laramie, uh, another just a spiritual director to the Sacred Heart Enthronement Network, uh, a Jesuit, and understanding what is the history of this prayer. I mean, this prayer is not... Hmm. just a happening for, you know, right now. It has such deep roots in our faith. It it goes back to, you know, really the Jesuits wanting 
to be these active missionaries um, in the early 1800s and wanting to go into the mission fields, and they needed to be in seminary. And they, they had this conflicting feeling like, but we want to help. We want to spread the gospel. And what they realized is what they can do, the apostolate of prayer, is to be people of prayer, promoting prayer, and then ultimately helping to promote the intentions of the church, of the Holy Father. So a lot of times we think of the prayer intentions as, you know, what's this month? And this month is for nonprofit organizations like our little ministry, welcomeisheart.com. But the truth is the church has been praying for, you know, 200 years. Think of all the intentions that we get to unite um, our intentions internationally for. So it, it, it really is renewing. It's a short video. It's eight minutes. It's professionally done. Oh, that's done. wonderful. And um, I, I encourage anyone, I'll definitely be linking it um, to our website, but I just think it's important that we start our day in prayer. And, and the website is again, Emily? Uh, welcomeisheart.com, welcomeisheart.com, and also the YouTube page for Welcome Is Heart. And how many of our prayer cards have we printed to date that we offer prayer cards and you can get those on our website and to also spread prayer. I keep them in my purse and it's amazing the people that even this morning at mass, I gave someone prayer cards because we're ready to share the importance of daily prayer. Amen. And what the Sacred Hour, our mission is for those first time listeners and uh, so forth, uh, is to promote the devotion and enthronement of the Sacred Heart of Jesus throughout the Diocese of Columbus and beyond. And I know, Emily, you shared a story this morning about the Philippines. Yeah, you know, one of the things that's really special about this mission to promote the Sacred Heart is that the love of Christ has already circled the globe at least once, <laughs> <Yeah>. twice, <laughs> many, many times. And all we're doing is we're fanning the flame of mm, faith. I like and that. And that's our mission. Um, I received just a great, every month we put out a newsletter. We really want you to connect to the feast days of the month. We want you to renew your love for the Sacred Heart. We want you to know the words that Jesus shared to St. Margaret Mary and the hope found in those words. And I was just showing my parents a picture of the a First Friday Mass that I got it last night, right, because of the time difference in the Philippines. And everyone was at this beautiful Eve Mass. And he wanted us incredible. to know that we're inspiring them. And I thought, well, you're really inspiring me <laughs> to to share this and to continue to promote the faith. So, yes, we, we never know where our witness, how our impact is going to be on others. But when we are, you know, faithfully plowing our row in the vineyard of the Lord, we don't, we don't, it doesn't matter. It, it just all, it gives glory to God. Amen. And I know also, Emily, um, we just had a wonderful and blessed annual Sacred Heart Congress. It was our 11th annual at St. Paul's. I know this year you were the MC. and any insights now that the con Congress has passed and looking into next year? Well, I think people need to understand the Congress has a very unique mission, and that is to fan your faith and to renew your love for the Sacred Heart, to help you better understand the devotion so that you can live it every single day. And when you have, you know, over 600 people in this beautiful mass with the bishop, you know, really entering deeply into prayer and being open to that formation, it's 
it's life changing. The fruits, you know, people just continue to say to me, like, that was so beautiful. That was so transformative. That brought me so much hope. And, um, you know, I'm already looking towards next year. We know it will be that first weekend in November. Put we're it on your calendar. And we're looking November, I think, believe 4th. And we're looking to actually also be able to better serve families. And as you've mentioned, I have seven kids. I have, you know, still a first grader at home. So offering some programming, um, it will be for younger children so that they can be catechized and the adults can continue their formation so that um, we all leave transformed by Christ. So the children will be in a different space. Yeah, they'll be in a different space. So we're working on the logistics, but we really do, our intention, our desire is to impact the entire family. That will make a huge difference. Well, we're impacting schools. And one of the realizations we've had is that if a school goes through the enthronement and the children are impacted by the love of Christ, we need to then continue to offer that Mm. formation to others. So this is our mission. This is our desire that we all, that the Lord meets us where you're at. And I think that's one of the fundamental understandings of the enthronement. You don't have to, you know, put on the right outfit and get the home perfect and do everything. It's about welcoming Christ into your, I'm going to say messiness, because we all have messiness. Absolutely. If it's, you know, the messiness in our marriage, if it's a struggling teenager, if it's, you know, a difficulty in grieving the loss of a loved one, that's where the Lord meets us. And that's where he wants to be as he knocks on the door of our hearts. And he really knocks on the door of our homes as well. And Emily, while we talk about enthronement, uh, that can be intimidating for people. How how do you help people get around that to say the enthronement is this? It's a three-day program. And what what, what what are you doing when you enthrone? Well, you're really welcoming the reign of Christ into your life in a very specific way. You are building a covenant of love that is with the Lord. And you're living out the words of Joshua. You know, as the Jewish people, the words of Joshua, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord, is just as important now as before the coming of Jesus. But Jesus makes it so easy for us because he is love. He is the the wondrous God fully God, fully man that came as we're in the Advent season. And he just as much wants to come into your life. I I did an event last night at St. Agatha, and it was a beautiful women's evening of reflection. And I spoke about enthronement. And what's so awesome here in Columbus is you can have an eight-day enthronement. We have missionaries that will come, that can work with your family, that can work with you if, if you want that type of hand-holding and, and, and just collaboration in this enthronement. We have a three-day process that is right on our website, welcomeisheart.com. We send them all across the country. And it's really you you going through those steps of, of welcoming Christ, having the leader place the image on a, in a predominant place in your family, in your mantle, in your space, and, and allowing God to work with you where you're at. And there's a lot of intimidation. I know those, those feelings of hesitation, but the truth is the world is offering you so much distraction. Why not fulfill the promise of St. Margaret Mary Alico from 1670s, who Jesus said, expose and honor my heart 
and you shall be blessed. And Jesus wants to come in, as you say, Emily, to the messiness. It's not like, well, we will do this when we have our family all together. <laughs> you know, or as someone said not too long ago, well, we need to paint the first, you know, all the rooms and then we'd love to have you come. <laughs> and it's like, he wants to come now. He wants to come now in your messiness. Well, I told someone last night, they were in the middle of a remodel and they said, you know, I can't do the enthronement. I'm getting a new kitchen. I said, um, excuse me, but I would put that image up in every room of your remodel <laughs> yeah. because the truth is this is also has the principle and properties of an exorcism prayer, mm. meaning that you are seeking to be obedient to the Lord and you want his authority in your life. You're seeking to be under the authority. And that's where we are best aligned is when our will is united with the Lord's will. And we can say, you know, Satan doesn't have any room to enter in when we when we are in unity with him. And like you mentioned, ugliness, boy, we've seen some ugly, ugly family situations where when Jesus we have too. and the king comes yep. as savior, friend, Lord of the family, change happens. Chuck, share with them what happened in our enthronement back in the 90s. Well, um, I'm not sure what Joanne is talking. Father Joe well, in the door. Oh, Father Joe, yeah. <laughs> you know, there were so many things that happened. The first thing happened was we didn't know what this was about. Oh, no. So we said yes. And it's always those little yeses. And that's what we're asking you out there to just say yes. Um, some people want to go deeper. You can go on welcomeisheart.com. You can talk to the missionaries and understand more and more why. Why Jesus wanted to expose and honor his heart. And Emily's book is a great help. It is a great help. And so we went ahead and said yes. Father Joe Lodge came to our family and Emily was there and our children. And and uh, we witness, he witnesses our enthronement. We enthrone enthroning Jesus as the king, brother, and friend, and savior of our home. He's now in charge. And afterwards, he goes and opens <laughs> our front door on Arlington Avenue and just bellows this out, Satan out of this house. And Joanne looked at him and said, I didn't know Satan was in our house. <laughs> but I think, Emily, it was interesting what you say. This is not just magical. No. I remember one of our very first meetings and Dave was there and we talked about, you know, this is not a, you know, hocus pocusy. Like this is actual Catholic understanding of what happens when we claim our faith and we live in align with the authority of, of faith in Christ and we welcome him in. And so it's gospel promises. Look at the Beatitudes. Look, you know, when we look through the gospel, and I'm reading through the gospel of Luke right now, it, understanding that our God loves us, he wants to be a part of our life, it's nothing but hope. And he will fix. And, and lastly, you know, you mentioned the eight day and, and missionaries. My parents have witnessed um, so many enthronements. Mm. You know, we were sending the materials out where, you know, wherever we can, a three day enthronement. Um, but, but also, we've had emergency enthronements where mm -hmm. we say, right now, yeah. this is such a situation that we don't even have three days. We yeah. need to get this image yeah. in the home and build this pledge. 
And and that's what the founder, Father Matteo, talked about. His predecessor, Father Larkin. There are so many powerful stories, and even today, that you need to say, what do I need today? What do I need to do to better live my faith? And, you know, I told someone last night, I said, and your family shall be blessed is one of the, the promises. Family is not just, you know, how many kids are living in my home today. Family is not who is here on this side of heaven. Family is your bloodline. And so by you making this pledge and saying, as for me and my house, Lord, we want to follow you, you know, it impacts the entire family line. And I think that's so powerful. This is different than even just a personal consecration. And there's no better way than during Advent. Think about this. It's preparing for the coming of the Lord. And one of the questions we're going to throw out to you is, how are you preparing? And our recommendation is to make sure if you have not enthroned your home, this is the time. And one way to do it is you can wait three days prior to Christmas and you can prepare and actually do it on Christmas Day. Um, or as Emily said, don't I, don't wait, just do it. And, and I go ahead. I think it's also important to remember the Lord, the Sacred Heart, reveals to heal. And I have thought about that little phrase. I think it really came from you, Emily, or Father Stosh. It's it's Holy Spirit. When someone come, something comes up either in your own life or your family life, that is difficult. It's like, really, Jesus? You know, I I really tend to go back to that. What are you revealing so you can help heal it? Because it is it can be messy. Well, and just think right here, live Catholic radio television, I'm sitting on air with my parents, right? <laughs> so if there is not a great example of the importance of healing, <laughs> forgiveness, I'm going. You know, you look at the different stages of raising children. I, I was, you know, sitting at my table last night at this beautiful event for the daughters of Isabella, and we were all talking about some of the things we were dealing with. You know, mm-hmm. one mom said, I'm not strong enough to deal with a 15-year-old. I had no idea <laughs> what this would look like. I, I was good in the little years, you know. And another one was talking about a 20-year-old that they were struggling with. And another one was talking about that difficulty of not having children and not, you know, li- living alone. And, and, you know, so we're all in different places. Even the senior years. In the senior years. But we all are in different places, but we need the hope of Christ. And one of the things I shared last night, and I wanted to pass on is this really powerful quote we talked about was from Fulton Sheen. Fulton Mm. Sheen in 1974, Archbishop Fulton Sheen shared about the state of the world and he ended up talking about the, the solution. So we have just a few minutes. I wanted to share this. He said, we're at the end of Christendom, but not of Christianity, not of the church, but of Christendom. Now, what it means by Christendom, Christendom is economical, it's political, and a social life as inspired by Christian principles. That is ending, and we've seen it die. These are great and wonderful days in which it is to be alive. It is not a gloomy picture. It is a picture of the church in the midst of increasing opposition of the world. And therefore, live your lives in full consciousness of this hour of testing 
and rally close to the heart of Christ. Wow. And think about that, that final line, rally close mm-hmm. to the heart of Christ. That's what we're promoting. Put the heart back in the home. Put the heart back in your faith. Figure out how to not live a life of manipulation, but of allowing Christ in. And and if you cling close to the heart of Christ, whatever's going on in the darkness of the world, we have perspective. And the heart of Christ is the Eucharist. It really brings us back to the sacraments and a deeper understanding, a deeper love of the heart of Christ and being able as Catholics to receive him. Wow. Powerful. And uh, one other quote came in this morning. We're going to keep this as a family because it's from Father Wilson. (laughs) (laughs) But when we read it, it was so right on uh, what you were talking about, Emily. And he says, Jesus came to heal us from the wounds of sin, to heal our hearts, and he has revealed his heart. Mm -hmm. And this is why the image of his heart being outside. And one of the Mm -hmm. things that I came away with from the Congress was a talk by Father Thomas Daly on imagery. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of us think of, well, I don't know whether I can really put this image of Jesus in my home. I don't feel comfortable, so forth. And what came to me was, how many images are you seeing a day on your phone, TV, everywhere? Probably 20,000 more a day? Maybe more. And what Jesus is saying is, no, no, you're looking at the wrong images. You need to look at my image. That's why I want it exposed in your home, because his image is going to speak to your heart. And that's what Father Wilson says, the healing is going to be revealed through his heart. And his heart speaks to us, which will be getting to the Eucharist and getting to the sacraments. And that's the healing that we need. We all need healing. And Emily, that's so simple now that I see it, the power of imagery. But look what it's doing to our country. In many respects, it's dark imagery. And this is the light imagery that we need in our homes. It is the light imagery. And you know, I, when Father shared that wonderful teaching at our Congress, it was kind of a new revelation to me that the image is powerful. I mean, it's like you bring that into your home. It's not just a picture. There are graces attached to having that image. And when I share, especially the prayer card with Um, non-Catholics particularly, but even Catholics, and you see that heart exposed. You know, I personally, I don't go into St. Margaret Mary and the promises because of the Protestant that, you know, don't quite understand that. But I say, this is a teaching. You're seeing this heart because this is, this is something for you to ponder his love, our sins with the thorns the cross, overcoming them and dying for us. And then that fire, the fire of love and the fire of the Holy Spirit. And I've done this many times and I've never had one person who is not Catholic not say, really? I don't think so. It's like a new appreciation. The fact that our Lord exposed his heart on the outside and and we understand why he did that and and what it means is such a gift. One that I think that 
we especially need to share with those who don't understand it. Well, it made me think about last night, you know, talking and and really when you present on an important topic like the love of Christ, Mm -hmm. your goal as a presenter is to meet everyone where they're at. Mm -hmm. And that's really important. We want to meet you where you're at. Part of it is so figuring out where am I even at, like slowing Mm -hmm. down in the season of Advent and figuring out where what's going on in my heart being in touch with my heart. And one of the women said, I, I'm not in a position to, to enthrone right now. I can't have a big image in my home. And I knew what she meant. She was in a difficult situation where she didn't have the freedom to place that image up. But I said, you could take this little tiny prayer card. Mm. You could put it in a frame and you could begin the progress of allowing his heart to reign. And so meet you where you're at. If, if this is going to cause tension in your family, also know that you can find that little space. If it's your office, if it's your you know bookshelf near your bed, just begin yeah. allowing. And, and all my parents and I, all my siblings, we have multiple images oh, because yes. I have one in my bedroom. Yeah. I have one in my office. I have one, you know, beautiful images in my front prayer room. And, and so allowing his heart, it could start with that little prayer card and, and allowing that relationship. So don't, don't give in to the obstacles. We, we work so hard to get every person we love exactly what they need on Christmas. Yeah. You know, the truth is <laughs> let him touch your heart. Let him oh, that's good. minister to you. And I think when we talk about hearts and um, as I've shared with our listeners that I'm the convert coming in. But one of the things that has just really uh, been a gift is to truly understand our Lord's heart wants to connect with our heart. Hmm. It's really heart to heart. It's interconnecting these hearts. And really what we want is a heart transplant. That's really what this program is helping. We want to help you have a heart transplant. A lot of you are laden today, as Emily said and Joanne, a lot of issues going on and multiple issues that this generation has that my generation did not necessarily have or we are blinded to them. But now today you have to realize I need heart. I need a transplant of heart so I can be more loving and no greater way to bring people to Jesus than through love. Through love. And and that love can only come through Christ. One of the things I also shared last night was you can't do it on your own free will. And Advent is a great example. If you try to go through Advent to get ready for Christmas without the love of Christ as the main goal, you will feel resentful on Christmas morning. And we've all had that moment where you're like, this was exhausting. This was so much. But it's because we were doing it on our own. If we give it to Christ and we allow him to work through us, however it works out, if it's the right gift or not, it's it's Jesus offers us. He says, literally, my heart is a paradise of peace. And that's what we want on your Christmas. That's what we want for you every day is, is that you encounter that paradise of peace. But if you rely on your own free will, it, your love will be tainted. And ultimately, it can't be like Christ's love. And, you know, Advent can be a really, the Christmas season can be a really difficult time for many people and maybe for most people. 
because of the secular world, because of the expectation. And when you leave your home, you know, what my experience is, there really isn't Christ in Christmas. But you can be the light. You can wish someone Merry Christmas, have a blessed Christmas. And just by extending that love to whoever you meet, it makes a difference. And also in your own heart. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things I've found is that offering people the peace of Christ. Oh, that's good. I always love to say, you know, peace be with you. Those words are so unique in this culture is that we might wish people well wishes. We want oh, people like to be, you know, but but really peace is what the defining factor is yeah. of the kingdom. And for many of us, this is a difficult season. Yeah. If, if it's, you know, where the economy is at, it might make it extra challenging. If it's your health, if loneliness. it's your loneliness, if it's you've been cut out from your family because of your faith and beliefs, we have to remember that these are opportunities for us to grow closer to Christ because he has the most wounded of all hearts. And as we're going to be closing here in a moment, I think what we want to leave you with this session is to realize God loves each one of you. He wants you to be able to experience true love, not the world's love that is just so uh, narrow today, so shallow today, um, that really is not the real love. Love of your heart, and when your heart changes, and I know, I was thinking of Christmas presents. I was telling Joanne, (laughs) growing up, uh, wonderful Protestant family, but we didn't have any images. Well, you know, it was not about Jesus. It was about the presents we were going to get. This was my focus. And I told Joanne, I actually, she couldn't believe this. I actually, when I got a present, and it was not what I wanted, or it was one that I didn't get, the tears would come, the anger would come. I and can't my, believe it. And my poor parents would have to suffer through my selfishness because it was all about me. But I think when the heart gets transplanted and it's about Christ, then every little gift becomes a gift. It's not about a gift of what you're, you know, it, it truly changes the whole paradigm of what presents are about because we are just really together as a family bringing that spirit of Christ that he wants to into our hearts and that love. No matter what's going on in our family, we we need to show love. We need to show love. And, and part of showing love is through the alignment of the heart and it's super important. Okay, we're going to close this session. Joanne opened with a morning offering. Now I'm going to close it with the Holy Heart of Jesus prayer card. And you can go on welcomeisheart.com and get a prayer card. See a missionary, have them. So here's the prayer. Name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. O most holy heart of Jesus, fountain of every blessing, I adore you, I love you, and with a lively sorrow for my sins, I offer you this poor heart of mine. Make me humble, patient, pure, and wholly obedient to your will. Grant, good Jesus, that I may live in you and for you. Protect me in the midst of danger. Comfort me in my afflictions. Give me health of body, assistance in my temporal needs, your blessings in all that I do, and the grace of holy death. Amen. Amen. 
One of the most terrifying experiences in life is teaching your teenager to drive. <laughs> My daughter has this tendency to focus her attention right on the hood of the car. You see, she thinks that by focusing on the car itself, she'll keep it going in the right direction. Of course, there's no surer way to crash. Thankfully, she's slowly getting it. You only get where you want to go by fixing your eyes far ahead of your car. When you do that, you end up steering in the right direction. That's why worship is so important. We need a focal point that's far beyond ourselves to give us perspective and to keep our lives heading in the right direction. That focal point is the majesty and greatness of God. Try starting each day with your favorite worship song. And when you pray, don't just ask for stuff. You might end up more stressed than when you started because you sat in the presence of your problems and forgot the greatness of God. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. When I was in college, I ended up having a lot of questions about my faith, and I ended up leaving the church. After a series of personal tragedies, I really felt a need to come home to a church, and that's when I came back to the Catholic Church. I never realized before that we get, at every Mass, the Old Testament, the New Testament, the Psalms, and the Gospel. I never realized before, it's all biblically based. The Catholic Church is based on the Bible. This is the church that Christ started, and we practice all the sacraments as He gave them to us, and I think that's important. I um, love getting up and going to church. I love going to Mass. I feel like I get to go to Mass, not like I have to go to Mass. The joy, I have joy in my spirit, I have a lightness in my spirit that I haven't had before. I love the Catholic Church with all my heart, and I can't imagine my life without it. My life is totally different now. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. But from the beginning of my life, it seems like devotion to the Sacred Heart was a part of my life. Uh, in, from the beginning to, to now, uh, as a child, uh, my parents taught us the morning offering. Each of us had a picture of the Sacred Heart of Jesus taped next to our bedside, and on the back side were the 12 promises of the Heart of Jesus. The picture I had by my bedside until I became Bishop of Columbus, I continued to move from place to place and tape uh, next to my bed. We, often, we enthroned the Sacred Heart and the Immaculate Heart in our own home, and it stood in my parents' house. Uh, and until one month ago, uh, on this day when my mother died, the Feast of St. Faustina, who also promoted the heart of divine mercy, uh, those pictures remained uh, in my mother's living room. From the beginning to the end, it seems like the sacred heart of Jesus and the mercy that flows from it have been with me. Welcome back to the Sacred Heart Hour. I am Emily Jaminette. I'm here in studio with my parents. As we approach a new month, the month of December, we are in the midst of Advent, talking about the heart of Christ, talking about how Jesus wants to renew our hearts. And with that in mind, we're gonna offer the prayer of renewal. So I really hope that this moment, we can all be united in hearts and renew our love for Christ. So let us pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Most kind Jesus, I humbly kneel at thy feet. We renew the consecration of our family and even ourselves to the divine heart. Be thou our King forever. 
In thee we have full and entire confidence. May thy spirit penetrate our thoughts, our desires, our words, and our deeds. Bless our undertakings. Share in our joys and in our trials and in our labors. Grant us to know thee better, to love thee more, and to serve thee without faltering. Amen. 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 Well, that quote from Bishop Earl Fernandez was so powerful and yet so simple. And that was at the Congress. That was at the Congress. His whole homily is on our YouTube. We have it up to our newsletter. I just sent it out. Actually, I resent it out today. I love to resend the newsletter out. Um, with that understanding that today is the first Friday, like today is the day, people. Game on. This is the day we always think about Jesus dying on the cross mm. for us and the opportunity to renew our love, to say to Jesus, as the world dethrones you, we put you back on a throne in our hearts. And I really felt like Bishop Earl Fernandez, uh, our most reverent bishop, shared an insight to his own childhood to his vocation, to the culture of his family. And that was his parents did not go about raising all those boys on their own. They enthroned their home to the Sacred Heart. They gave it all to Jesus. And they even taped an image at the bedside of their children as a reminder that God loves you. And and that's what our culture is so starving. They don't know what real love is almost to a point in which we're going to look back on this this period of history and see that that message was not passed down to the next generation because of the the, the mass confusion the mass confusion in identity the mass confusion and anger and distortion within family life the breakdown in family and this tiny little witness from the bishop was like this is what happened in my family and to think that this is our bishop and also, I think Columbus, for those of you listening in Columbus, we have been anointed in this special way and to have the Holy Spirit and, and particularly the Sacred Heart give us a bishop who also was raised with the Sacred Heart and his family and to see the fruit of our bishop and his love and the role that he is playing of affirming and helping to spread this devotion, not just in Columbus, but throughout nationally and now really globally, we have received a special grace right here. And we are all a part of a special, um, powerful, and really, uh, really, we are called to embrace this, to spread it, but mostly to live it in our own hearts. You know, as we enter into this uh, time of Advent, we also enter in preparing for Christmas. And Christmas mm-hmm. comes. We've talked a little bit about Christmas Day and what's your day going to be like and what's your expectations. And if it's built around Christ, then all of a sudden you realize, wait a minute, Christmas is 12 days. 12 days. Ah. And Emily, maybe connect claiming the promises, the 12 promises in your life for the 12 uh, days of Christmas and giving future hope during this Christmas and Advent season. Well, one of the things I was really meditating on is, you know, what in our culture 
does the 12 days of Christmas look like? Mm. Because as a mom of seven, I cannot continue to give presents for 12 more days <laughs> to seven kids, even if it's more candy and more stuff. And to affirm something that's super important, and that's God loves them. He was born in a manger because of love to set us free. And so one of the things that I found that was really, really important was to make sure Christmas was the high point of the season, and then it continued on for those 12 days. So connecting, which is so interesting, the 12 days of Christmas with the 12 promises. I love that. So think about this. What if each day you just highlighted one promise and you told your kids, for example, you know, Jesus, Jesus actually shared with St. Margaret Mary and his, his revelations heard that there was many more than 12 promises. These are 12 summaries of very beautiful writings and, and expressions from Christ to St. Margaret Mary. So um, the first promise, I will give them all the graces necessary for their state in life. You know, the first day after Christmas, looking at, you know, all those gifts and all the wrapping and all of that is done. What do you really need? You really need grace in your state in life, in this very moment here. What is my state in life? Is it to be a wife? Is it to be a mother? Is it to be a religious? Is it to be holy for the Lord? What is going on and where do I need grace? And a lot of times he's going to show you the areas you need grace based on maybe your temper, maybe your reactions, maybe your shortcomings, but only through grace can we even see those areas of our life. And I think as we look at the second one, day two, I will give peace to their families. And he wants families to have peace. And I think today, in this culture we're living in, a lot of families are struggling from having peace. It's interesting because we've never had so much material needs provided for us. You know, we can eat any nationality of food at any day of the week. We can have everything. As a result, a lot of us parents don't even know what to give our kids because they actually have everything. And, you know, but what we don't have is peace. We don't have is what does it look like? Peace is not, Jesus tells us, it's not what the world provides. And it it's literally begins in the kingdom where Jesus reigns in, in our hearts. And so peace can begin with reconciliation to lead to peace. It can begin with humility. Jesus tells us, I am meek and humble of heart. He uses that to define his heart. I am meek and humble of heart. So if you want peace, your heart needs to be meek and humble and trusting. And the third promise, I will console them in all their troubles. And, you know, this enthronement is not just for families. And so we have to, you know, make sure that people understand it's for students, it's for their dorm rooms, it's for their rooms, it's for single people, it's for people in, you know, care facilities, in their space, it's, it's, it's for everyone and everyone in their state and everyone has troubles. And where do we go for consolation? We might go to food. We might go to alcohol. We might go to uh, television, you know, distractions, but really going to Jesus. Jesus is the one to console you in your troubles, but you have to let him in. Let him console you. 
Uh, the next one, they shall find in my heart an assured refuge during life and especially at the hour of death. And if you have watched a loved one mm-hmm. pass, if you if you have gone through that journey with them, you will know faith is very important on the good days, but on those final moments, this is what matters. This is our game. This is our game day plan is to welcome the reign of Christ and have devotion and his heart is our refuge. And, you know, I have a family member, a dear family member who was not, you know, in the church for many, many years. And when this person had the deeper conversion, came to the church, it was because of witnessing other family members who did know the Lord and to be by their bedside and to see the difference between those in his family who did not have the Lord. And the Lord spoke powerfully to his heart without anyone really understanding what was happening until he came to the church, came to the sacraments and had that transformation. So that witness, and I know that own, my own heart, seeing my parents die, having been faithful and loving and accepting the sacred heart, huge difference, huge difference. And another one, number five, I think it is 12 days. So we're just on day five. I will pour abundant blessings on all their undertakings. And I think <clears throat> Joanne and I are attending a, a healing seminar for the whole person at St. Paul's this weekend. <clears throat> Excuse me. And through that really came the light is really the Holy Spirit. Yeah. How often do we call on the Holy Spirit? to help us with our troubles, to help us where we are on our undertakings. And it might be the undertaking of just breaking down communication barriers in your family, but you have to do it in love. And you, and that's why the Lord is pouring that one out. Well, you know, dad, I was thinking of the word undertaking of also our careers, our path, our, our vocation of what we do every day. And a lot of times we live in a life where everything's, you know, separated. You know, what we do at work is very different to how maybe we even live our life at home compared to the times at mass. So Jesus doesn't want you to feel burdened at work. He wants to make your work light because he wants to be a part of it. And I know someone shared with me letting Jesus into his work changed everything, even even some of the big struggles got easier when Christ helped. So, um, and father Stosh has said when, you know, asked about, you know, things getting difficult and crosses being there and not removed, but you know, an understanding that our Lord is with you in those cross in those crosses. And father Stosh shares that, well, what would happen if you didn't have the Lord? How would you feel? If you didn't, you know, allow him to help you carry this cross. And I think that's a great understanding of it's not that the crosses will be lifted. Maybe they will be, but you will have Jesus helping you, blessing you through them. And number six, sinners shall find in my heart the source and infinite ocean of mercy. And I always go back to uh, Bishop Brennan at our Congress when he was describing just growing up in New York, uh, how yeah. big the ocean is. Yeah. 
out of, you know, Long Island is surrounded by the ocean. And I think that's the amount of mercy. And I know, Emily, go with seven. Seven, um, tepid souls shall become fervent. And I'm going to combine number eight. Okay. Fervent souls shall rise to great perfection. And to me, this is a roadmap. This is God meets you where you're at. So if you are struggling with just the beginning stages of maybe coming back to faith, Advent's a great season to come back to faith, practicing these promises. And all these promises actually are listed, um, this whole entire reflection at welcomeisheart.com, our blog post. But taking a day and reflecting during the 12 days. You know, I think I want to go back to number six about the infinite ocean of mercy and just say that divine mercy and the mercy of Jesus and the love of Jesus in the sacred heart, you know, it's all part of his mercy and love. It's, it's one heart that this is not, well, my devotion is divine mercy and not the sacred heart. No, it, your devotion is the heart of Jesus, which has mercy and love in that heart. We are not competing. We are complementing each other. And number nine, which we've already talked about, I will bless the homes in which the image of my sacred heart shall be exposed and honor. And we talked a lot about exposing, but Emily, how can they honor? Oh, yeah. Honor. You know, I love this idea of making your image a holy stop sign. And a number <laughs> of people have told me that, like, they're in the midst of, you know, just losing it, you know, on their spouse or their kids. And then they look over and they see that image and it's like, a holy oh, stop no. <laughs> but I think of my images as holy stop signs frequently just to get me in my tracks, to be the, the start point of my day the end point of my day in a reflection throughout the day. So it's not just hang an image on the wall and say, I'm in the Catholic club. This is honoring. This is a connection. And ultimately the image of the sacred heart also reminds us of what takes place at Holy mass, the institution of the Eucharist absolutely, and the healing that comes from that and tabernacle. You know, we have one that is, there's a little mantle that is um, on the top of our television on Immaculate Heart on one side, Sacred Heart on the other. And, you know, it's a wonderful awareness as you're looking at this screen and images coming through the screen, even commercials, maybe especially commercials, to be able to mute, to be able to stop that coming into your home, to look up at the Sacred Heart and the Immaculate Heart as a, as Emily said, a holy stop sign. And now mm. we're on... Day 10, as we're coming up, I will give priests the power to touch the most hardened hearts. And we know that is true. And really, through confession is a great way. Oh, yeah. We need our hearts, our hardened. And we need the Lord's heart to be transplanted in our heart. And we receive that through the sacraments. And one big sacrament is confession. Yes. Great time during Advent. Go to confession. Number 11, Emily. Those who propagate this devotion shall have their names written in my heart, and it shall never be effaced. And that's why we invite you to enter into this great mission of promoting 
the Sacred Heart, of being part of our support team, if it's being, you know, going out and handing out prayer cards, if it's financially supporting us every month with a small donation through welcomeisheart.com. If and it's, we want to thank those who have already done this. Yes, but the, the point is we all get to promote yeah. the devotion. We're all, we all receive grace. And Jesus tells us that your name will not be effaced for those who promote this devotion. And number 12, why don't you read that, Joanne? The all-powerful love of my heart will grant to all those who shall receive communicate communicant on communion. Holy Communion on the first Friday of nine consecutive months, the grace of final repentance. They shall not die under my displeasure, nor without receiving their sacraments. My heart shall be their assured refuge at the last hours. And what I think today is First Friday, and I think what we want to do is have everybody understand the importance of getting the Mass on First Friday. If you change anything starting next year, go through your calendars, look at every First Friday, and say, that's the day the Lord has asked me to go there. Make it a priority. Make it a priority. Reparation. For all the times we've sinned against him, the world is sinning against him, and then he will give you all the graces. And really in Columbus, we have so many opportunities in so many times that the Holy Mass is being offered that it only takes really planning that you can get to Mass, you can get to Holy Communion on First Friday if it is a priority. Well, the other thing, too, you bring up a good point. There's a very early Mass at yeah. 6.30. And I think of the Mass as like this beautiful expression circling the city. Every Almost every hour there is a Mass mm-hmm. to be found from noon. Uh, the, there's a 4 o'clock Mass that we'll be going to with my children today. There's a 7 o'clock at the end of the day. But remembering this is the day we remember Jesus dying yeah. on a cross. And these nine consecutive First Fridays are really setting us into a pattern of offering reparation to the Lord. We're not done. We don't do it, and then we say we're done. Now, I I also recall a person from England reaching out and saying, I can't find a mass. Hmm. And the conclusion was, you know, talk to your priest. What was interesting is it's, you know, go to communion on First Friday. Hmm. He ended up working with with the local priest, and, you know, the priest wasn't open to a full mass, but doing a communion service oh, that's a for good this point. individual. Like, So, you know, we might just even put mm-hmm. the idea out there to have a mass, to have this um, for, for the people. So you might be the advocate for this. And, and I know Joanne and I are blessed with St. Andrews, before the program, we go to 6.30 Mass and uh, so forth. But to wind up the program, I know we're on the last five minutes. We have a hard program director, and he, he has mentioned <laughs> that we have not mentioned about Franciscan yet. Franciscans, Emily, I mean, this is his deep love. And how do we tie in Franciscans the month of December? Well, I know one way. It was St. Francis who was the one who really um, brought to the imagery of reenacting the nativity scene. So when you look at a nativity scene, as many, you know, non-Catholics also have in their home, it's really thanks to St. Francis. And that's so important to have a nativity scene as we have all these other images. And even on our tree, we have 
you know, all sorts of things hanging that maybe do have meaning. Have a nativity scene. Even have the children make their own. But, you know, they are available for now. And we need to reclaim honoring the images of our Lord and his birth. Well, the other thing is, Dad, we talked about St. Francis, but we also have to talk about the Blessed Mother. Oh, Because yes. the month of December is very significant for, you know, we're even invited to fulfill our great obligation of going to Mass on December 8th in honor of the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. And this is a great solemnity in the church. And a lot of Catholics don't understand the gift of really living out these feast days and and attending Holy Mass. And also the other solemnity is Christmas Day. Mm -hmm. And we're called to really honor that. In between, we have Our Lady of Guadalupe. Powerful. And we know that's powerful. St. John the Cross, we're just giving some highlights. And also... Uh, the Holy Innocence on the 28th. And I think if you look at the church calendar, it's so rich every month, but particularly in December. And really, if you sign up for the newsletter, you have the feast days listed in the newsletter. And I really encourage you to help sign up your friends on the newsletter. Sign up for them. And you can do that on welcomeisheart.com. Emily, in closing... Thank you for joining us. Oh, yes. And, uh, what we, a pleasure. We, it really has been. And any final thoughts? Well, my final thought is just cling to the paradise of peace that Christ wants to offer mm. you. If, if you know, everything doesn't look Pinterest perfect on Christmas Eve, you know, don't allow that to your your peace to be stolen by the devil. The devil would love to get you in such a tizzy that you mm -hmm. focus on what you didn't do versus what you did do. And take baby steps if it's reading the gospel every day, if it's attending mass more frequently, if it's doing good works for the poor and those in your community. And know that, you know, the the joy will follow and, um, you know, help others to get to mass as well. If it's your family, this is a great season to, to bring people back to faith. And confession. Mm -hmm. And confession and also a decade of the rosary. And I think remember... 12 days of Christmas. Don't just end Christmas, Christmas Day. That's the beginning of Christmas. And we're going to end in prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Dear Sacred Heart of Jesus, we renew our pledge of love and loyalty to you. Keep us always close to your loving heart and to the most immaculate heart of your mother. May we love one another more each day, forgiving each other's faults as you forgive our sins. Teach us to see you and the members of our family and those we meet outside the home, loving them as you love them, especially the poor and oppressed, that we may be instrumental in bringing about justice and peace. Please help us carry our cross daily out of love for you and help us strengthen this love by frequent participation in the celebration of the Eucharist. Thank you, dear Jesus, for all the blessings of this day. Protect us and all our families during this night. Help us to live that we may get to heaven. Amen. Amen. This is listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820 on WVSG Columbus and FM88.3 WSGR, New Boston, Portsmouth.